Welcome to Generation Podcast, where we have real conversations about how God is working through this generation. My name is Josh Mann, and with me in the studio is Sammy Haywood. Good morning, afternoon, evening, everybody. Well, whatever time you may be listening. <laughs> I always say that, and then I'm like, oh, it's this a podcast. This radio. This ain't radio. It's all right. And do you want to start again? What? What's wrong? Because you look disappointed. No one can see my face. <laughs> <laughs> let's just roll let's, with this let's intro. That in. this let's, let's keep that this in. Let's keep that in. We're only human, guys. We're not robots. Yeah, we're not superheroes, everybody. No. <laughs> no one thought we were. And joining me, joining us as well is Benjamin Tranner, our producer, who wasn't disappointed. He just looked disappointed when I had that said that intro. Yeah, I'm fine. It's <laughs> okay. Well, we're, as I said, coming from you live from this year here in Castle Hill in Sydney, and we're actually in pretty crazy times in the world right now. Yeah. Um, pretty uncertain. The, the whole COVID-19 uh, is starting to crack down here in Sydney, and things are, are starting to get real in terms of uh, restrictions, restrictions on public gatherings, restrictions on um you know, self-isolation and things like that. So, Sammy, how do you how do you see the world right now? Yeah, I actually was um, interestingly thinking a lot about this the other day. And um, I was like, what is God doing? God's doing this, God's doing that. And I really felt prompted by the Holy Spirit. And he was like, just be careful with talking so much about what I'm doing because it can be disconnected from where people are really at. And um, I really feel like the message that we need to be sending out as leaders at the moment is not, this is the meta-narrative of revival and how God is bringing it through all of these difficult moments because people are just going, I don't care. You know, I lost my job. I can't get toilet paper. I'm freaking out. Just fix my eyes on Jesus. And I think right now that's really what we need to be doing as leaders. And that's what I need. You know, I actually am fatigued from all of this conversation about what God's doing. And I think um, we were chatting about this yesterday, Joshi. I just feel like I want to have more conversations about who God is, you know, right now, like he's a mighty tower and a fortress and a, and a stronghold and ever present help in trouble. Like that's, that's what we need to talk about right now. Yeah. I think you said something on Sunday when we, we chat on the phone, it was like pinpoint as to what we should be doing. And you said, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus more than we're fixing our eyes on the news. Mm. Cause I think that's where the anxiety can, can spring up and that uncertainty springs up. But if we're actually fixing our eyes on Jesus and pursuing intimacy with him, then I think that anxiety and that, um, that feel, that feeling of insecurity will just mm. will just go away because we're secure in the love of Christ. Yeah. Um, so I think it's the perfect place um, to be speaking about this right now. The perfect thing to be speaking about is intimacy. And it's mm. just crazy how God works because we decided that we're going to do this podcast, this series, about six months ago or five months ago before this was even a thing. Yeah. So it's just crazy how God works, the spirit moves, and, mm. and now we're sitting here talking about intimacy with God when the world needs intimacy more than ever, Yeah, which is crazy. It's beautiful. It's amazing. The, the spirit of God is just completely in this, and yeah, we believe that. So I hope, we hope you're enjoying uh, this series. We hope you enjoyed last episode about how we actually get intimacy with the Father and what that looks like. And this episode, we're looking at the idea of busyness, mm. not business, 
busyness with a Y in the with, middle. With a Y. Line. Sam didn't know how to spell it. Oh, he kept spelling for it wrong. Everyone. Yeah, but it's true. <laughs> um, busyness, the state or condition apparently of having a great deal to do. That is the dictionary definition, having a great deal to do. Sam, do you want to flesh out what you think busyness is? Yeah, when we were discussing this earlier, for me, when we talk about this idea of busyness, it comes as a feeling. It's that frenetic, frantic pace of life where I'm constantly thinking about the myriad of different things that I have to do right now. It's that constant sense of urgency it's that undercurrent of anxiety of not of just not being able to keep up with my life. That's how I would describe the feeling of busyness. When do you when do you think you feel the most busy? <laughs> oh, I, I think this a, is a big question. I have a big problem with busyness, if I'm honest with you. And I think we we spoke about this in season one when we talked about success and I think they're quite connected. I think I'm a very busy person because I idolize success and in order to have significance, I think I need to be successful and in order to be successful, I need to work really hard and busy myself. Um, and so for me, I've actually been really... Actually, I was smashed last year when we did that episode and I've had to rethink about rhythms of life and Sabbath and rest and slowing down and creating margin in life where I'm not constantly running to the next thing, um, trying to be more present in the moment, particularly with people. And I don't remember what your question was, but like, <laughs> I just, I just you need... I'll give you the hard tip. You, you didn't answer it. <laughs> what was your question? The question was, when do you feel the most busy? Oh, okay. Um, Just a pretty practical answer, I think. Yeah, a pretty practical answer. I just feel whenever I'm not on holidays, I just constantly feel busy. Yeah. You know, even when I'm having a day off, I'm thinking about getting through it to the next to the next thing. Yeah. I think it's the same for, with me. It's just I can't pinpoint the, the exact moments where I feel busy because I think it's almost... It's become the norm for my life. It's, it's a just, state of living for yeah. me. Yeah. And I think it's the same for me. It's just I go from thing to thing to thing. And I'm just constantly thinking about the next thing, the next um, you know, appointment that I have or the next even at school. I'm dictated by a bell. I'm a school teacher. Mm. I'm dictated by a bell. And so I'm constantly thinking about, okay, what's the next thing? Yeah. A bell goes and I have to go to the next thing. I'm constantly thinking about the next, the next, the next. I think I just live my life in a constant state of busyness. Yeah. But I, it sounds weird, but I quite enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I am the same. I feel very insignificant when I'm not busy and I feel important when I'm busy. Yeah. I think our generation is scared to be idle. Yeah. Like I-D-L-E, scared to be still. We're scared with being alone with our own thoughts as well. Why do you think that is? So we, um, you know, we do a lot of work with people who have addictions. And um, one of the signs of, because um, we try and help people to um, ascertain when they're on a path towards relapse. And there's, there's a tool, there's psychological tools that we use. And one of the signs that you're heading towards relapse is this idea of speeding up. So it actually says when you find yourself becoming very busy and going from next thing to next thing to next thing, you're actually trying to outrun the pain 
in your life. So the stress, and it's funny because busyness creates stress because it actually gives you um, endorphins. It, it increases your anxiety, which is actually a really good way to distract yourself from the underlying issues because you'll notice that when you slow down at night, like often for most people, the only time that they actually stop is when their head hits the pillow. And then what happens? All of the thoughts. This person said that, you know, I'm thinking of the Seinfeld episode when George goes, that's what I should have said to that guy at work today that roasted me. That's what I should have done. And then this guy screwed me over. And that's when everything just goes to the surface. And we try to keep ourselves busy to avoid having that. Wow. So you're saying everything, every time we're busy, we're running from something or just generally uh, speaking? I think it's one contributing thing towards busyness. Yeah. Busyness, I, I feel like, has a lot of contributing factors. Yeah. yeah. And even now, we had the, the segment in the middle of last episode. Yeah. Uh, great, proverb. Great, great segment. <laughs> proverb Schmelberg. Even, even that proverb last week was speaking about this thing. Yeah. What was it? It was... The rolling... The Rolling, Rolling Stone, Stone gathers no moss. Yeah, and it was all about keep moving because then you don't. Because yeah. if you stay still, you won't gather wealth. That's what it was saying. Yeah, something, something like. So that. like, there's even ancient proverb. These ancient ideas that yeah. that the generations have been built upon, that countries have been built upon, have, have you know bought into this lie that if you stop, you're not going to be successful. Yeah. And so I think that is why we're scared to stop. We're scared to be idle because we think we need to do more to be more successful. Mm. And in, interestingly enough, Christians are not immune to being busy. No. Like you, you've just said that it's probably the your biggest thing you struggle with. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So so why do you think Christians are not immune to this? Yeah, because I think we, we have the propensity to idolize things in the same because we're human, you know. Um, I think busyness has a big connection to significance. Um, so, for example, um, the most common answer, in my opinion, to how are you or how was your week, you would say busy. <laughs> it was busy. That's how my week was. Now, we don't often process why we say that. But if we were to process why we'd say that, I think we'd say we say busy because we're really saying, my life is full of important things. My life is... I'm full of doing good, important things all the time. And yeah, I'm important because I'm, I'm busy and I'm significant because I'm busy. And if, if someone said to you, I really didn't do anything this week, even the person who didn't really do anything that week would probably still say, yeah, it was Interestingly busy. enough, on that point, yeah. you're in a situation, you say, oh, I'm so busy. Then as mm -hmm. soon as you get to the next level... You look back and you go, oh, man, I wasn't busy back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're in that level. You're like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. So busy. Then you get to the next level. You look back and you go, oh, I wasn't busy back then. Yeah. And so when the idea of when we achieve the goal, when we achieve that success that mm -hmm. our business was trying to achieve, yeah, we look back and we realize, actually, hold on. Maybe I wasn't that busy. Right. I wish I had that lifestyle back. I'm thinking of the example when, you, when you're at school. Yeah. You think when you're in high school, you think, "Oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I have no time for anything." Yeah. Teachers and are uni. just. What is that accent? <laughs> uh, it's That's the like hills. That the hills privilege accent. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> I'm so now, busy. Now I'm so so self conscious about my voice. 
Anyway, when you're in high school, you think you're so busy. Then you get to uni and you're like, man, I wasn't busy in high school. I'm busy now because I'm trying to have to do uni work on top of, you know, casual work. And then you get to a full-time job. You look back, you know, man, uni was a breeze. And then when you get more responsibility at work, it's the same thing. You're about to have a kid. You just wait, bro. Yeah, Hmm. I know. I'm going (laughs) to sleep again. I'm not disappointed. (laughs) 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 No, I'm just like, I'm going to get... It's going to be so big. Beck's going to roast you. Yeah. You, well, you're not excited. Really. You're excited about having a kid. I'm extremely excited to have a kid. But my life is going to get even more yeah, busier. Full. It's right? going to be full. In a great way though. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Full is a good word. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. great. I like the word full anyway. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about full. But <laughs> just because you're busy, as you said, it doesn't mean you're doing the right things. Yeah. You can be busy doing all the wrong things. Totally. And I think that's the lie that our world tells us. If mm-hmm. if you're busy, then you're doing something good. Yeah. If you're busy, then you're being successful. Yeah. But we want to talk about the fact that busyness can actually be a sign of self-obsession. Right. And that, that sounds a bit like dark and that sounds a bit like, oh, you can't be busy. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. flesh it out. Like what, do you, what do we mean by busyness equals self-obsession? Um, on the one hand, I might actually need you to flesh that out a little bit for me. (laughs) Um, but you know, in the, in the grand scheme of why we're talking about busy, how to, how to have intimacy with God when, when we have a busy life, you know, we, we need to understand that, that busyness is, is really an enemy of spiritual life. You know, um, amazing book out at the moment called fight hustle. No, no, no. That's the podcast. John Mark Comer wrote a book. Go and read it. It's amazing. It's all about this idea of how busyness is basically um, our biggest problem, particularly in the church, and how this we need to reclaim this idea of rest and stillness and slowness because that's the rhythm and the way of Jesus. And um, there's this line in the book, and it basically said we need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. Um and hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. Yeah. And so I think we actually need to start from the position of understanding that it's very difficult to 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 follow Jesus and be busy at the same time. Because to follow Jesus means that you are going to be present with him, right? As a as a person. And to be present with Jesus means that we need to prioritize being still in his presence. And that's very difficult to do when we're constantly running to the next thing. Exactly. And even Corrie Ten Boom said this, says, if the if the devil cannot make us bad, he will make us busy. Yeah, that's a good quote. If the devil cannot make us bad, he will make us busy. And that, that just, you know, elaborates that point on yeah. the fact that, you know, it is a massive danger in our spiritual mm. walk. Because when we're busy, and we said it before, I think it's we're busy because we're trying to gain success. We're yeah. trying to gain our approval and our acceptance from something else. Um, and then we always have that, that that whole idea of, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. I don't have time. When we say that, we shifts, it shifts the focus onto us. Right. It shifts the focus onto our strengths and our abilities, mm. and it takes it away from God. Yeah. And so that's why I think we're saying that it's yeah. a big enemy, 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 <laughs> enemy to our spiritual walk. Because yeah. it takes, when we say, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, mm-hmm. our focus is on us. Yeah. Our focus is on our strength, our ability, but not on God. Yeah. And I, I perceive that when 
when we're saying that I don't have time for God, we're, we're acting like a victim to the busyness of our lives. You know, we're saying, I, it's not my fault. I'm too busy to spend time with God. Because don't you know that I have to do this and this and this and then go over here and then pick these people up from there and go to this thing and then I've got training and then I have to go to the small group and then I'm supposed to be at band rehearsal and then like, I'm too busy, bro. And we're like, what we're saying is, it's not my fault. My life has done this to me. But like, it doesn't make sense because, I mean, we have a lot of freedom over our time. Like there are some people who don't have freedom over their time. Um, in other, you know, slaves, for example, they might be able to say, my master doesn't let me spend time reading the Bible, you know. But, I mean, we have a lot of control over our schedules. We have the ability to say no to things. And we just don't say no very often. We say yes a lot to good things. And that when we're saying yes to one thing, we need to understand we're saying no to something else. Yeah. And so every time we say um, no we're actually adding value to our yeses. Does that make sense? That's good. So when we say, yes, I will do that. I will be on that team. I will serve in that thing. I will join a football team. When you say yes to that, we need to understand we're actually saying no to something else. And that no might be spending more time with your wife. That no might be investing in your relationship with God more. Um, But consequently, when you say no to joining that team, Everything else that you're doing in your life is benefiting from more of your presence. Yeah. So you're saying business is a choice then? Busyness is often a choice. Like there are some things that we don't get to choose. For example, if you have kids, you're going to take them to school, feed them, blah, blah, blah. Life's going to be full. But it just means we need to get better at saying no. So the more we lose control over the things in our life, the more we have to say no to things. Yep. And... Every parent knows this. Everyone who's married knows this. When you enter into a new season of life, there are things that you used to do that were fun and now you have to say no to. Yeah. You know, like you notice your friend your friend groups get smaller when you get married. Why? Because you don't have as much time for so many people and you really need to consolidate. And that's okay. Like That's good. That's the thing. And we need to be able to say no. Yeah. We can't just say yes to everything because we fill our life, our life with so much and we don't have time to really be intimate with God. Yeah. And here's the thing I feel like most people get wrong. If we're good at saying no, we make sure that we're not over capacity. We're like, okay, my plate is this big, therefore I can cram this many things in. That's where I need to be at right? We go, yep, I'm not burning out. I'm able to sustain. I'm able to manage. Now, I actually don't think that's far enough. I think we need to create margin. And what I mean by margin is space in your life that you're not doing anything. Margin for you to fill it with something just on a whim, be spontaneous. And that margin allows you to not just be at capacity all the time, but actually have breathing space and breathing room in your life. And I have observed personally that deep, intimate relationship with God exists in the margins of your life. Mm, that's good. So the, the, the bits of the parts of your life that you st- strategically do not schedule, yep. that's where you find yep. the biggest growth growth in your relationship with yep. God. 
Can I give you an example of that? An example of that, I would say we're quite prone to filling up every free evening that we have with something. Guilty. Okay. Ben? Ben's not oh, about opposite, that. No, I hate it. Yeah. Are you an introvert? Yeah, big time. But okay. I like... We could not be more opposite in yeah. the way we live our lives. I like actively will make sure that I have at least a minimum of one to two nights. Okay. Free. So yeah. what do you do on those nights? I just have dinner with my wife that's cool. and watch TV. I reckon that's quite rare. That's really healthy. I don't know. But it's, it's something that I enjoy. And so, and it makes me where mentally healthy if I have yeah. that one or two nights at home. I'll say no to stuff. Like you, you're, like, you're right. You have to say no to stuff yeah. to yeah. do that. But it's it's important to you. Then yeah. And in contrast, my life last year. Yeah, you were every Yeah, day. you were out of control. Yeah. yeah. I was. It wasn't just like you were saying yes to having dinner with mates. You literally had things you had to be at because you'd pre-committed. <laughs> yes. Every, every night. This day. isn't a Josh intervention, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, we've already had that. You're doing better. <laughs> a little. But yeah, it's true. But okay, anyway. so here's, here's my example. Um, the most significant moments that I've had in my relationship with God have been times that I haven't planned. So for example, just having a night where I'm like, okay, I feel like I want to spend a night in prayer on a Thursday and would just go... Specifically and, on a Thursday? No, I'm just giving you a real an example of a Thursday that I actually remember of having a quite a significant time with God. I was like, I have planned to have this spaces margin. I didn't plan to do anything with it, but I really feel like the Spirit is actually calling me to come close to the Father. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to spend a night with Him. Open up my Bible, make a night of it, pray. Anyway, spent time, like a few hours, listening to worship music, reading the Word, praying, just enjoying His presence. And man, He spoke to me like He's never spoken to me before. And it was so life-alteringly significant. Like it literally changed the course of my life. Now, I would not have had that moment if my life was so full that my devotions could only possibly be 10 minutes long because yeah. that's all the margin I've given God. Um, so that's what I mean by actual deep, good, intimate relationship with God is really built in the margins of your life. Yeah, and we cannot just give him 10 minutes in the morning when you have your coffee. No. We cannot just give him the 10 minutes before you go to bed Yeah, when you're brushing your teeth, <laughs> if yeah. you brush your teeth for 10 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, I think that's what, that's the lie. Like everyone goes, oh yeah, you're spending time with God. Yeah, I spend time every morning. But are you actually spending time mm -hmm. with your father? Yeah. In the same way you would spend time with your earthly father, you wouldn't just go, hey dad, let's catch up. Yeah. For five minutes in the morning and then see you later. So, hey, Dad, let's catch up. Let's get grab some dinner or grab some lunch. It's a significant mm -hmm. period of time. I think for me last year and even this year, um, I've just, I'm so caught up in life. I'm so caught up in my job and, and things that are happening in my life that I, I, I only have that 10 to 15 minutes with God every day. Yeah, And I don't have those margins, as you said, those pockets of my day that aren't scheduled for anything yeah. where God can speak into. So I'm guessing that isn't, well, I know for you, and I mean, I'm not, I'm just trying to press, press in a little bit here, that it's not often sustainable. Like you get to moments where you're like, I'm just cooked, man. And I have to just maybe cancel something and have a night off. Yeah. Okay. Now, when you do that, I know for myself when I, in the past, I've not had margin and I've been really bad. 
I'm not resting well in that moment. It's reactionary rest. It's like, oh my gosh, I need to sit on the couch, watch Netflix, eat some ice cream and just, you know, I don't know. And then it's not actually bringing me intimacy with the Lord. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it's it's healthy margin that I feel like we're really lacking. Because yep. sometimes we have forced margins where we're so cooked and burned out that we're like, oh, I just have to say, I have to cancel this thing and now I feel bad for canceling that. Now I'm like going to sit on the couch, watch something on Netflix that I don't even like and then f- not feel great afterwards, not necessarily feel still in my soul afterwards. And that's really the goal. We want margins that actually leave us feeling refreshed in the presence of God. Yeah. And not just that those reactionary margins. Yeah, not reactionary margins. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's I should pencil that into my own life, actually. Like, Do you think that's a thing for you? Massively. Mm. Massively. I think it was a thing last year and it's still a thing this year where I, I'm so busy, I get to a point where I'm like, Beck, I just need to do nothing. Yeah. And to me, I, in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is good. I'm, I'm finding rest. Like, this is what God wants me to do. But it's not actual rest because right. I'm just so cooked that I just sit down and don't think about anything. I just, you know, I don't, right. I don't, I don't lean into God. I just do nothing. Do, and do you feel rested afterwards? To an extent. Yeah. But then I go about my life and get busy again, right? Yeah. So that idea of rest, I think I don't do it well. Right. What does it actually mean then to rest yeah. in God? What is that? Like this could, that could be a whole podcast. It could. And it, it is actually a whole podcast. Go and listen to it. It's called Fight, Hustle and Hurry. It's really helpful. Yeah. Because the whole podcast is about this idea. After you finish, <laughs> after you watch our episode. <laughs> well, welcome back to everyone's favorite game show. Yeah, Proverbs. So we're going to have a little break. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode, we're playing a new game called Proverbs Schmoverb. And then let's go back and listen to last week's episode. And then also do that. If you missed last week's episode, we're just going to quick run down to the rules. I give the boys a proverb. They have to then text me what they think the proverb means. And the closest to the actual meaning wins. I'm just going to call it. I think I'm going to win again, Josh. Yeah, it's currently 1-0 to Sam. We didn't do the people's thing. Maybe we'll do that. The people. I forgot to do that. Now yeah. the people got back to me. <laughs> Oh, did they? Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll just trust that. Are we all ready for the proverb? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I'm bringing the music down. This one's a little easier <laughs> this week. You may have even heard it. I heard last week's one and I still didn't get it right. <laughs> the squeaky wheel <laughs> gets the grease. Okay, okay. I'll say okay. it again for you. Okay. The squeaky wheel, mm. he gets the grease. Or she gets the grease. A little bit simple, you might. I'm in. I'm in already. Extra points. You're kidding. The loudest. (laughs) Sorry. Quick. Extra points for being quick. That's actually pretty impressive, Josh. So just waiting on Sam. So just strap yourselves in for. I was about to say strap yourselves in for 45 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, because I was long last week, but did I not win? Okay, I'm going for a win again. Um, I said half of my thing already. I have an issue. Yep. You have said the exact same thing. <laughs> really? Yes. What a wavelength. What a wavelength. I hope we're both right then. Okay. Wait, so what did Josh say? The exact same thing. Literally. You Sam said the loudest person gets what they want. Josh said the loudest voice gets what they want. Ooh. The meaning that I have we're the same. is the person who complains in a situation is more likely to get something. 
This is a dead tie. I reckon that's a dead tie. Let's yeah. send it to the people. Wow. Well, you don't have to send it to the people. It's a tie. Oh, there's no, there's literally there. no difference in anything you've said. No, there isn't. There's only, I'm proud of us, bro. There's only one thing worse than losing. Tie. Tying. Yeah. Or or having your grand final cancelled and then being handed the being the winner without actually playing a game and then celebrating as if you You won. didn't celebrate. I celebrated because we won. Why'd you celebrate? That's not okay. Josh's we grand final got right. cancelled and he what still celebrated because they gave them the trophy because they finished first, but I think it's a holy victory. We earned the right to you get that nothing. trophy. You literally the regular season, we re- The regular season, we finished on top. After 14 or 15 games, we finished okay. on top. <laughs> Fade him out. No, <laughs> going no. On a rant. Josh. <laughs> See ya, bud. <laughs>So what, so what does it mean to, to rest then? Yeah. God actually worked really, really, really hard helping us understand what this means. Um, it's called Sabbath, right? Now, I, f- I think we've really lost what it means to have a Sabbath. Um, now, we, God took it so seriously that it was a law, one of the Ten Commandments, and it was punishable by death in the, in the Jewish Back, back in the day. Like if you didn't observe the Sabbath, you know, you could get stoned. That's how seriously God took rest. Now, um, it's not just a random take a day off, do whatever the heck you want. It's very specific as to what you can and can't do on the Sabbath, right? Now, the goal of a Sabbath is to rest from work and rest in God. So you're stopping from work. So you're actually not even preparing food. You're not walking long distances. You're preparing for Sabbath days before Sabbath happens. So say, for example, Josh, you were to take a Sabbath tomorrow. What you would do if you wanted to really do a Sabbath well is you would cook all your food that you needed for Sabbath today so that tomorrow you're just pulling stuff out of the fridge, microwaving it. And did they do that so they could rest from work? But more important, they did that so they could press into God. Yeah. And then the, the rest for their souls was it was like, let's be with God together as a people. Let's rest in his presence. Let's spend time singing and praying and reading the scrolls. And I think that's that's when I feel rested. Yeah. Like I've, if I have a day where I'm like, I'm just going to chill and I'm just going to be with God after that, I'm like, man, my soul feels full again. Yeah. What do you think that looks like for a normal person on a Sunday? On a Sunday? Yeah. Well, I don't actually think Sabbath has to be on a Sunday. Oh, well, for example, because for most people, it probably would be a Sunday. Yeah. If you're working Monday to Friday, you, you know, do Saturday sport or whatever. Yeah. Say it is a Sunday. Yeah. And church is included in that schedule. What do you yeah. think that looks like for a normal person? I feel like for a normal person, you need to factor in a lot of different things. Number one, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Do you feel rested when you've been with people or alone? Um, And that's just something to factor in. Being with God's people is a big part of it. I think that makes you feel pretty rested. Um, So I would say, wake up, depends when you go to church. Have have some kind of slow breakfast. Make sure you're not doing chores. You're not doing the washing on Sabbath. You're not running around to Ikea on Sabbath. You've done all that stuff already. You're not preparing an elaborate meal on Sabbath. You're slowing down. You're, you're not working. You're not getting extra emails done. You're slowing down. You're being present with the people in your life. So face-to-face, just enjoying each other's company. 
you know, maybe doing an extended devotion that day. We're like, I've just got space. I'm just going to sit with the Lord. I'm going to put some worship music on and just be still and allow him to fill up my soul. And then you go into church and you go into church early. So you're not rushing in and you're enjoying being, hearing from God, being with his people. And then it's, it's going home and then not having heaps to do. Now, the problem is there are some people who serve like heaps on a Sunday. They're going back to back services. It's not restful. For me, I can't Sabbath on Sunday because it's, um, it's a busy work day. And um, for, for a lot of people who, who serve in church, it's actually quite similar. And so I would say maybe make um, a Saturday your Sabbath um, or a Monday, whatever day you have off. So it's, it's got to be time throughout the day where you re- you're literally resting from work. Yeah. But as well as that, you're feeding your relationship with God. You're yeah. leaning into that. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. I think, I think that's a better understanding of rest. I think we lose that understanding of rest when we just go, you know, resting in God is just reading your Bible. Sure. And so we go, okay, well, I'm resting in God when I have that 10-minute devotion every single day. Sure. But it's not. It's more than that. It's the mm-hmm. intentional time where you, yes, you're, you're resting from work, but yeah. more than that, that extended time mm-hmm. feeding a relationship with God. And there's so much in that, to be honest. I mean, when, when you're having a whole day off, you're saying to God, I trust you with my life to not work today. You know, I trust you with my finances to take a day from working. It's actually a posture of, of trust, trust as well. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's a lot of different things that factor in. I mean, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for being legalistic about the Sabbath. And he said to them, you know that man was not made for Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man. And so we don't want to fall into the trap of saying, well, Sabbath means that it has to be on a Sunday and I have to go to church and then I have to make my food the day before and then do a two-hour devotion. It's like, no, you're missing the point. It's supposed to be restful. (laughs) It's supposed to be something that just recalibrates your soul. Yeah, and we said at the the top of the program, we said said at the start of the the episode. We're calling it a program. (laughs) So fancy. But we said at the start that we, we're busy because we want to earn our success. We want to do things to be successful. Yeah. So when we rest, it's because we're trusting that God already approves of us. Yeah. We don't need to do all these things because we're trusting that he already approves of us. It's not about what we do. It's not about what we can gain. Exactly. It's saying, no, intimacy with God as His he is your heavenly father who approves of you yeah. before you do anything. Yeah. And so that is what we've got to believe about God. Yeah. Because if we actually think that God is our heavenly father, then we will rest. Mm-hmm. Then we will trust him. Then we will desire to grow our relationship yeah. with him. Yeah. And the last thing is, is Psalm 46. It's like the classic mm. Psalm. Be still and know that I am God. I think the key part of that is know that I am God. Yeah. And God loves you. Yeah. And God cares for you. Yeah. And God approves of you. So we don't have to keep doing these things to find our success. Mm-hmm. We can stop, we can rest, and then gain that intimacy with Christ. Yeah. Because 100% intimacy is greater than busyness. Yeah. Because it gives you significance. Because it's, it's like if we're busying ourselves to feel significant, and the reality is being busy doesn't make you feel significant. 
it makes you feel like you should be busier and you just feel guilty all the time. Being in the presence of God, you're reminded how significant you are to Him. I think that's the cost of not having intimacy with God. You don't hear from Him how valuable you are and how much worth you have and how much He delights in you and how, you know, your as you said, your worth isn't caught up in how much you do, how much you produce. It's just caught up in how much the Father adores you and loves you and that you're so significant to Him. In fact, you're so significant that He's willing to die for you. You know, and then when you're when you're in the presence of God, you're reminded of all of these things. And then you go to work, you're like, ah, I'm already significant. I don't need to be super busy today. I know who I am. I know my, who my father is. I know that he ad- adores me and loves me. Wow. Intimacy with God is always greater than busyness. Yeah. Because we understand who we are, and that is a loved child of God. Mm. One whose significance is not caught up in what we do, but our significance is caught up in who God says we are. Yeah. So we want you to remember that this week. We want you to remember that as you go on through your life, pursuing intimacy, that that is always greater than busyness. Now, we hope this episode has been helpful for you. We hope that you've been able to understand how to rest, how to really grapple with this with this topic of, of busyness, because at the end of the day, we're all busy. We're all trying to navigate this world, but it's time to rest, to stop, and press in to the in, to intimacy with God and the work of the Holy Spirit. So remember that renewal in our generation must start with a renewal of our hearts. Mm.